0: Hey, it's Drew. What do you do when you're driving to work? If you're Liz Mitchell, the lead singer of Boney M, you sing your next big hit for the very first time. This is the story behind Mary's boy child, Oh My Lord. Behind the Christmas Hits with Drew Savage. And to get the full story, we're going directly to the source. Joining us from her home in the UK, Boney M's original lead singer, Liz Mitchell. Mary's Boy Child, Oh My Lord. This was about as instant a hit uh, as you could get. I think a lot of Christmas songs were recorded in June, July, and August, but I understand Mary's Boy
1: Child, that was recorded in November, and then it was a number one hit like just a few weeks later. That's correct, you have your information. (laughs) We actually recorded it in November which, of course, everyone said it's it's much too late, you know, to record in November a Christmas song, because everybody's set for the shops from August, basically. Of course, uh, no one anticipated either that it was going to be a smash. Did it take you by surprise?
0: I mean, the... Uh... By surprise.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mary's Boy
0: Child, that song was recorded originally in 1956 by Harry Belafonte and Oh My Lord, uh, Frank yeah. Farian from Boney M, he wrote that. Did he write it with the intention of combining it with Mary's Boy Child or was Oh My Lord going to be
1: kind of its own thing? No, it, it was uh, considered to be joined with the song. And I think the main reason behind it was to give it a certain freshness, uh, a certain originality. Um, Harry Belafonte's version was wonderful, but to bring it up to date and to just to introduce another flavor, we decided to do the Oh My Lord. And that part, I think, did help.
0: Yeah, big time.
1: What, were your, what are your recollections of recording the song on that November in 1978? I remember clearly driving to the studio with Frank, and he's, um, I have to, to tell you that he was a, a person who listened to most of the music that we were recording in his car. So we would record something and he would drive home listening to it, (laughs) listening to it, coming back to the studio. So this is how he got himself familiar with the songs. He played this, um, um, Mary's Boy Child, a little bit of it for me and asked me if I knew the song. And I said, yes, yes. And then he asked me to do, um, just to sing it so he could hear my, my voice on it. He always says he got goosebumps. Uh, immediately and knew that we just had to record the song. So in the studio we went, uh, the musicians came and they did the instrumental bits, and then Marcy and I, we went in and we did uh, the backing vocals on the on the song and, uh, and then I did the lead. And um, before we knew it, we had uh, a beautiful song, Fred Jacobson, who was a lyricist at the time. We sat together to, and we did the, oh my Lord, um, and lyrics together. And it was just um, one of those things that no one anticipated was going to be a success. We were just working on it because it felt good. And the producer himself felt that I had a good sound on the song.
0: I just want to make sure I understood the sequence of events here correctly. Is the first time you ever sang Mary's Boy Child in the car.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's wild. As A song as internationally well known as that now. Like you kind
1: of, uh worked worked it out in the car ride on the way to the studio like a demonstration it was like yeah. let's hear what you sound like and i think um you can always tell when you sing something a cappella if it sits if the vocal tones sits and uh, he was very happy with the tones so off we went and made a record <laughs> Uh, Well you guys were
0: on such a roll in 1978, Rivers of Babylon, Rasputin, these are number one songs all over the world, but it certainly sounds like you're, you're caught a little off guard with the success of the Christmas album.
1: Yes, this was not a part of the Night Flight to Venus album per se. Um, It joined the album, of course, afterwards, because it was done in the same year. Rasputin, uh, Rivers of Babylon, Brown Girl in the Ring, Painter and these songs were were planned. And of course, we were on tour in between, so we were, uh, you know, promoting while doing live tours. And people were responding. Rivers of Babylon, as you know, became such a massive success with Brown Girl in the Ring, Rasputin, of course. And so the, the, you know, Painter Man, I mean, it was just an amazing year for us where the music was concerned. And then suddenly there was going to be a fifth. This was now Mary's Boy Child. So we just finished the year on a complete high. Uh,
0: let's talk about the video and the fur the white fur coats in the, uh, in the video. That's such an iconic part. I think so many people visualize those white fur coats uh, when they even think or, or hear the song. Where did, where did that idea come from? And now do you have to bring well, a white fur coat with you everywhere you go when you're singing live.
1: Can you imagine? Uh, The dressmaker, um, Dagmar Engelbrecht is her name, and uh, she uh, was just a very, very wonderful lady who had great talent when it came to making uh, costumes for us. And this, I think, was one of the things that has done wonders for her because people talk about those coats still today. And it, was, it wasn't even that she used real fur, you know, it was just feathers really that she was using. Like it was feathers, but soft feathers. And it looked amazing on the screen. And uh, as you said, Everybody thinks we ought to walk with those coats. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still perform
0: the, the song while wearing the coats? No. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure, because I, I had read that, um, oh, it might have been a few months after it came out with the success of Mary's Boy Child, you guys got invited to uh, perform in Moscow. Which right. Which, in the late 70s, that didn't happen for many Western artists at all. And uh, and I read that you guys reported or, or performed rather Mary's Boy Child in the
1: fur coats outside in the Red Square in Moscow. Yes, and in front of the church, that beautiful church, uh, in at the Red Square, and of course the iconic thing was we were not allowed because this was still uh, Red Russia, you know, mm-hmm. uh, USSR, not allowed to go into the church. The church had massive big padlocks on them, chains wrapped all the way around the church if <laughs> you you were wow. arresting somebody you know or something the church was under arrest <laughs> and the padlocks on it and uh, we were not allowed to go in uh, but we were their special guests, and uh, the Russians were so kind and generous to us with that generosity we were allowed to sing our song in front of the church so we stood on the higher area anyway, from the road. So we stood up on there, we are allowed to to stand there. And uh, we were out there, I think for goodness gracious me, I think the whole day nearly, Um, it was freezing cold, way below zero, like about 23, 24, maybe even more. I can't remember. The ladies always washed our hands with the vodka to keep us warm and then they would send us back out. So we recorded the song, um, I mean, several times. To be able to get a good video, you know how these people do—they never satisfied mm. with one shot.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, why why do one shot when you can do a thousand shots? Uh, did, did were you just washing your hands with vodka, or did they give you a shot of vodka as well?
1: I didn't know you were going to say that. Did we drink the vodka? No. Well, some people might have been able to drink some vodka, but at the time, I wasn't. I could, I couldn't digest vodka, so I couldn't, you know. Wasn't doing me any good. Um, right. I'd get sick. <laughs> but um, maybe some people were certainly enjoying the vodka out there in that cold. It was bitter. It was a bitter cold. Uh, your fan base just loves
0: you. Just loves you. When you were touring <laughs> British Columbia about a year or so ago in 2019, uh, mm-hmm. the fans, especially at the end after the Christmas songs, the fans just rushed the stage. And I don't mean like run to the front of the floor near the stage. I mean, getting on the stage with you to grab selfies. Like your fans just go bonkers when you play this music still.
1: It's wonderful to know that after such a long time, our songs can still mean so much to people. I think that's, for me, is the result of the success. If you were going to weigh the success on the one year or two years or three years after the success and then nobody remembers you after four or five years, then you know then for me that is would not have been um, um, perfect. But this is is just perfect. I cannot find the right words to say thanks so thanks fans for uh, just staying with us and for loving the music and for keeping us alive because without fans like those that you just spoke about who just love the music of boney m and just want to always to to live the music of boney M. it makes me very very happy
0: liz mitchell the voice of boney m thank you for joining us on behind the christmas hits and telling us a little bit more about mary's boy child oh my lord all the best to you thank you so much my pleasure She is so lovely. Thank you for joining us. We've got lots more news stories and videos coming, so for more, don't forget to subscribe. Tomorrow, the lyrics to one of the most popular Christmas hits of all came as bittersweet recollections from a lyricist who had just lost his brother. It's the story of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. We'll see you then.